what's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. Kyle, good morning as Chris. Uh, yeah, you can't. It's Monday. Eh. It's Memorial Day. And mm-hmm. I guess that's the only reason why we would cut Chris some slack mm. for mm, Dewey. I don't mm. know. It's 8 11 East Coast time. <laughs> and we conferred over the weekend that we were going to meet at 8 a.m. on Monday to record the podcast. That it hasn't materialized. Now, Joe, you were out drinking last night. You were texting me. So I know I was home, I, home drinking. Okay. You were yeah. out in your living room or whatever drinking Backyard. last night. <laughs> and I know how drunk you were because you were texting me like a wild man. And Gotta uh, keep the, the, the communication channels clear, you know, of, of only places that can go. It's you. And, and I know that having a baby that gets you up at 4 a.m. could also be used as a way to justify me being here and being ready. But at the same time, I was up at 4 a.m. taking care of a grumpy baby. And I'm here and ready to go. Chris, I don't know. Chris, we hope you're all right. Uh, we hope, <laughs> well, we hope you're in one piece. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're gonna, the show must go on. So we're yeah. going to go on without you here. Uh, on this episode of Draft Dudes, continuing the Frankenstein's monster strategy, uh, which has been a lot of, or the quarterback one last week was a lot of fun. Uh, we are doing running backs today. So, uh, Joe, mm-hmm. 2018 through the current 2021 NFL draft, we are looking for on a trait by trait breakdown of the prospects that have come through the NFL draft since 2018 to find the best blend that we possibly can. And the quarterbacks got a little weird because we talked beforehand and and I knew some of your answers. We're totally blind right now. So you and I do not know what answers we pulled for each of the 10 traits, but you can only use each prospect once for one category. So that's where the strategy comes into play here. So no Saquon Barkley 10 times, you know? No. Or, um, I guess it would be David Montgomery 10 times. If you remember that (laughs) that ESPN broadcast comparison graphic. Can I have a spoiler? I don't have David Montgomery one time. (laughs) That that's a bad take. There was a good answer for him. I thought there was only one good. So you use them. You use. Okay. All right. I do have David Montgomery on my list. Yes. All right. And Kyle, Kyle is a little bit of a running back guru that I've, I've at least annoyed annoyed you as that that. you're good at, evaluating running backs and so it's uh, one of my better positions yeah this is this will this will be good um all right let's do it so we're starting with vision Mm -hmm. uh 2018 to 2021 you can only use them once uh we're gonna go into e in three okay the first e or the second e the second e jackass (laughs) one two three Nick, Nick Chubb. Chubb. Yes, Whoa. let's go. How did that happen? <laughs> it's a good answer, right? Like, like Nick. Yeah. And, and we've taken these, or we did with quarterback, and I'm doing the same thing here with running backs. I'm taking it based on what my impressions were of these prospects when they were coming through the mm-hmm. NFL draft process. And Nick Chubb, going back to Georgia, he's not the fastest. He's not the most explosive. It was either going to be footwork or vision for me, which are our top two traits at the position uh, that, that we have listed that come to mind uh, for the running back position. But Nick, 
his process, his instinct, his feel, uh, all of those are a really strong testament of what he brings to the field from a vision perspective. So uh, it was either going to be one of those top two traits for me. And, and I liked my blend uh, with what I've got at footwork. So Nick Chubb vision, and obviously that's paying huge dividends for him in the NFL. Thought about him for discipline, but it was more of a compliment to put him on vision. And so right. I think we right. see that one. A higher time. level. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 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 Very good. All right. So I like when you do the counts. That's, I was that's, just going to yeah. say, we're going to let me fall into uh, Please. shouldering Chris's workload yeah. here today. That's great. Hold on. Let me take a sip of the. Of the, of the uh, oh, he's C4. Yeah. Well, should have known. Yeah. Get a little lead in my pencil here this morning. Uh, footwork, the E and three, Joseph. One, two, three. Jake Josh Dobbins. Jacobs. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I like your answer. You uh, do like my answer. Go ahead. Go I'll ahead go, with J.K. J- J- Dobbins. I just J.K. Dobbins was my RB1 in 2020. And what my favorite thing about him was his footwork, as you're probably guessing from he putting him in this spot. And I just remember the step frequency, how he angled himself mm-hmm. to attack creases, his lateral mobility to like execute jump cuts and get with. And he's not like a small running back either. And so I thought he had good foot fire efficiency with how he angled himself and just, he was just always clean. He always had a very firm base. Um, And so that's why I picked JK Dobbins. So Josh Jacobs, I'll read the uh, trait. I have feet change direction as a category from my write up from that 2019 draft. Uh, dynamic foot speed is very sudden. And he also brings explosiveness to his cuts ability to collect himself from full speed and bound in another direction have broken many pursuit angles when pressing into the sideline. So he's one of those violent, angry runners, but there's still that one foot in the ground and explosive drive in a different direction um, that for any normal human being would probably blow out every ligament in your knee. Right. But like he has that really heavy, like he, he pounds the turf when he needs to and can really explode and spring out in a different direction. So um, I, I wish we could go back to 2017 because then like Kareem Hunt would have been in play. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Kareem mm-hmm. Hunt's ability as a one cut runner was uh, unparalleled. Like him at the senior bowl, it really popped at you. And uh, obviously, you know, between Kansas City and, and now being in Cleveland, uh, he's shown that, that that is a translatable trait regardless of where he goes. So uh, Josh Jacobs being the cutoff at 2018, that was my guy. That's kind of like if I'm looking for a, a runner that's really going to excite me, it's that kind of guy. Oh, man. Uh, I'll t- so when you said uh, Kareem Hunt in 2017, I had an eye-opening moment because my next guy for, for contact balance – was from the 2017 draft, and I yeah, I didn't I, I didn't. <laughs> I was wondering what you had this, this look like. You saw a ghost, and I'm like, yeah, oh, because wait, I what? you start What's to like think here? about draft classes and like players being with them, and I'm like, wait, I think this guy was with Kareem Hunt. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, well, hold on, let me go see if I can find it. Is it Fournette? For, so the it, it's contact balance. No, it's not Fournette. No, James Connor. No, no. Joe Mixon. 
No, been a good answer though. Jamal Williams. Keep going. Jeez, Louise. First of all, there was 18 million backs that yeah, got drafted. In this one class. was it, this guy was I think a fifth round pick. He's a good player. Just signed a big deal. Aaron Jones. Yeah, for yeah. contact. Yeah, that's because that guy, I this guy did, didn't go down. But um, uh, you know, well, no, here, no bonus here, answers here. Here's the good news. Um, if you want to reassess your answer for something that actually meets the criteria that we're doing this exercise for. I've, this is a good spot for a player who you've said has been admitted from your list already on today's show. Oh, uh, no, no. I got, I got it. I have another one that was omitted that I found a place for okay. right here. So cool. I feel good All about right. this. All right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. one, two, three, this is Josh David Jacobs. Montgomery. No. <laughs> you put David. <laughs> Contact okay. bounce. It was the only thing you did good at Iowa state. I was wondering when you said there was a spot for him, if it was like, um, we have ball security and like, oh, did he just never fumble? And I was no. like, unaware of it. No, <laughs> no. David Montgomery, his contact. He had guys that were lowering their helmets and spearing him into his gut at a standstill. And they would just fall straight down to the turf. And he took it in stride. So contact balance, you know, I had questions about the vision. I had questions about the long speed. Uh, but the one thing that at Iowa State, David Montgomery, I thought was really, really good at was his ability to absorb contact, keep himself square to the line of scrimmage, take that on, and then go forward and get some additional yardage. All right, so I, I obviously had a very quick pivot here because of my Aaron Jones blunder. But uh, I, I look at Josh Jacobs and, and the player that I remember at Alabama, and the big storyline was he only had like 250 rushing attempts, but he, he kind of did everything at a high level. He was in a really talented backfield, but – Whenever he got the football, I mean, the guy just was always staying up over four yards uh, after contact per attempt for his career. Um, and so he, whenever you said Josh Jacobs for your answer, I was like, oh, man, I needed to get him on here somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I did at one point, and then I took him off. And so then I was like, all right, this is a reasonable spot to put him back in. Yeah. So just real quick from that report I had on Montgomery, uh, he was my sixth rated back that year in 2018 or 2019, excuse me. But uh, the balance has some of the most unbelievable reps in collecting himself off of contact runs with a very low center of gravity and shows urgency through the box to stay ready for contact aggression to attack tacklers in one-on-one situations aids his efforts to stay upright. All right. Big Made year for, for David Montgomery this year with the bears demo. You know, he was in the top, like, five and top three in rushing this past year. Did he? Really, yeah. He really wow. came on it. He really came on at the end of the season. I think it was his last six games. Cause I had a bet with Brian Perez about what his yards per carry was going to be on the season. And, okay. and uh, Brian got it, but it was because Montgomery was like unbelievable over the course of the final six to eight games on the year. So Montgomery finished uh, with 1,070 yards, which was tied for fifth, excuse me, and averaged 4.18 yards per carry. So was uh, it an over under four? And he keep at the over? What was the bet? That's not what? Why? Rush first down percentage. What are you talking about, NFL.com? I just want to know what his average yards per rush were. <laughs> They're taking it to a place it, we didn't need it to. Yeah, right. It's not one point. It's not four point one eight. It's different than that. But that's instead of yards per carry, that's the number the 
that little four or three number that's right there next to like rushes and yards and right you're, the way you're traditionally <laughs> used to seeing it correct so you had 247 carries 4.33 yards per carry okay. um i'm pretty sure i had him set at under 4.2 oh uh, but yeah he really came on strong there towards the end of the season and uh, i took an l so shout out to david montgomery for a bet well lost by a good to a good friend in David Montgomery. Yeah, after the uh, week twelve, they had our, their bye week, week eleven. He had one hundred three, seventy two, one thirteen, one forty six, ninety five, and sixty nine. Oh wow! I bet yeah. fantasy owners are excited about him going into the twenty twenty one season with Fields mm-hmm. and all that. Proceed so. with caution. Okay, caution proceed with. But uh, listen, who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So we're back. Durability is the next one. All right. I, I got to think. I, I think there's a good chance we have the same answer. Here. There is only one correct answer. Here, oh, boy. Being honest. Oh, boy. We've set it up. All right. I know. All right. So one, two, three. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Yes. Yeah, OK, so 299 rush attempts in 2017, 307 in 2018 and 320. In 2019, he was fourth in the NCAA, first in the NCAA, and second in NCAA in rush attempts over his three seasons with the Wisconsin Badgers and played in every game and had over 6,000 rushing yards in three seasons. (laughs) His career low at Wisconsin in rushing yards in a season was 1,977. What the hell's going on here? This dude's a monster. (laughs) He's an absolute monster. Only one answer. That's it. So like what, like what else do you want to say here? Like, no, right. There's no other answer. I mean, Travis Etienne, it, it, you know, like, I don't think he was quite the workhorse, but he was like never injured and was always available for Clemson and, and had tons of production. But I mean, even stylistically, the way Jonathan Taylor plays the game, the defenses he faced, like all things being equal, I think I would still give him the edge. So Jonathan Taylor has like, approximately 200 more touches from scrimmage so rushes oh, and and, rece- and and receiving um receptions and etm played next year season yeah. <laughs> <Jonathan Taylor. laughs> All right. 
we're, we're good. Out of the Taylor. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, so explosiveness is next on our list. I also think there's only one correct answer here as well. Oh boy, now I feel bad because I know we don't have the same because you gave me one nugget at the beginning of this. So. Okay, so now I know where yours is. is oh, that you know exactly what mine is. Yeah. 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 Okay. One, right. two, three. Saquon Barkley. Oh. Saquon, physical freak, man. You could take his his mock draftable spider chart and put him at any position <laughs> on the field, and it's it's just a big circle. It's awful. So that's why I'm a little surprised you chose here. I mean, what? What am I going to put him on versatility? Maybe Kyle, maybe you would. Oh, okay. I see where you're going here. No, no. Saquon, uh, for his height, weight, speed, straight line direction. He does make some really good, uh, springy cuts as well. And he'll run you over. He'll run around you. He'll run past you. The explosiveness dynamic for Saquon Barkley, particularly his size was the big sell for me. Yes. I want Travis ETN probably some recency bias. And I look, you could go with guys like with like Anthony McFarland or something like that. Just guys with that can get on their horse and take off. But I went with a guy that blended the explosiveness with a more well-rounded skill set. And I mean, there were times, not times, it was frequent. It was every game where Travis Etienne just gets the ball and how quickly he gets to top speed, the pursuit angles that he broke like splitting safeties that are like converging just all the time. Like guys just couldn't get the angle on him. Um, and he's, he's added, I don't know that he's added too much weight. I think he's about where he, where he played at around 210, 215. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, man, that was always the book on, on Travis is, is that get up. And um, that's why I made him my choice here. Very good. Versatility, makes, right? Makes us to versatility is the next one. I think mine's been spoiled. So, yes, you you have tipped your hand here, but I'm interested to to hear your reaction on mine. Me so too. We'll, so we'll go in one, two, three. Take one. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Oh, okay. Versatility. I mean, you think about LSU and what they did with with Roll Clyde when they put him out mm-hmm. there and then put him at wide receiver and they motion him out and they motion him in and he'd be running routes on the outside and uh, he he caught. What was it? It was he caught over 50 passes in 2019 for LSU in the passing game. Uh, and then he had over 200 rushes that year. He had almost 2000 yards from scrimmage. Um, and he was the reason why he ended up being RB one was his passing game resume. Right. And obviously there's a case to be made for, Oh, well maybe you should put him on passing downs as, as the trait. But again, this is the gamesmanship on only being able to use a guy in one place. Um, I wanted to get the versatility that Clyde had as a runner and a receiver uh, here in this spot, and then use somebody with a little bit more specialization in the passing downs trait. Yeah. So I'd Saquon Barkley. I just, there's nothing he doesn't do well inside runner, outside runner uh, over a hundred receptions, almost 1200 receiving yards at Penn state. I, I just felt like the guy that does everything is Saquon. And um, I, you know, with Saquon, like we talked about, you can fit him anywhere. And, and I think that's what led me to put him under versatility. Okay. So elusiveness. Yeah. This one's off the reservation for me a little bit. Same. 
Oh boy, this is gonna same. be fun. This is gonna be fun. Maybe we have the same answer. I don't know. No, we don't. I know we don't because the one nugget you gave me. Oh, okay. And now so you know my answer. <laughs> yeah, it's from this year's class, right? Right. So, all right, cool. Uh so elusiveness is the trait. Mm-hmm. And we are going to reveal our answers in one, two, three. Michael Daryl Henderson. Dude, I thought about Henderson. Oh, see, so it's a good answer. Yeah, it's a good answer. I, I had three guys on my list. Michael Carter, um, Daryl Henderson, and dude, the other guy's escaping me now that I'm thinking of Henderson. Uh, I'll, I'll explain my answer. Michael Carter, North Carolina running back. Um, that that was the appeal with him, with him was just how shifty and how much wiggle he had. And um, it showed up with his agility scores. He had a 6.83 three cone. Uh, and his 20 yard short shuttle was a three, nine, eight. I, I mean, like just unbelievable in terms of that change of direction ability. And I think that really showed up. And I remember watching him coming into the 2020 season for summer scouting. And I'm like, this guy's kind of okay across the board. And then I thought this past year, that offense did a better job of getting him opportunities in space, catching the football. And you saw that, that dynamic shiftiness in the open field. And I think that's what has led so many to be really high on what he can be for Zach Wilson and in that jets offense. So Michael Carter, my pick. So Memphis ran a lot of wide outside zone, right? Mm-hmm. They, they like to really press the boundary. And so I understand there's, there's some system production here, but Daryl Henderson averaged over eight yards per carry over yeah, three did. seasons. Unreal. Yeah. Three seasons at Memphis. It was uh, 87 for 482, so five and a half his freshman season. And then he took on a, kind of a split featured role and then was the featured guy in 2018. 2017, he had 130 carries uh, for 1,150 yards, 8.9 yards per rush. 2018, 214 carries for almost 2,000 yards, 1909. Uh, His average uh, touch from scrimmage, when you include the passing game, he averaged 12 yards per catch, uh, was 8.7 yards per touch over the course of his career, over nearly 500 touches. So the production and yardage per touch production is off the charts. And then you actually watch him and he's just like a slippery dude. He's got like that short area burst. He's got wiggle. He's tiny, but he doesn't have bad contact bounds. Uh, so all of those things combined for me to say, if I'm looking at a guy and how I felt he was coming out, Daryl Henderson over the last three or four draft classes is the shiftiest prospect that I can remember and have recall on. The other guy that I was thinking about was Miles Sanders from, from mm-hmm. Penn State. That would yeah. have been so, a good answer, too. Yeah, that was the third guy. I w- was hung up on that, and I was like, I got to figure out who that was before we move on. Uh, but before we do move on, I need to tell you guys about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the planet. So many amazing flavors, Kyle. I'm still hung up on coconut, almond, and raspberry. I'm rotating those. Those are my two top choices right now, but they're all delicious. They're all covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, just like eating a candy bar, but it's uh, good for you, unlike a candy bar. Built Bar is great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you have to try Built Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone on the keto diet. You know we got a deal for you. Head over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 
and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay. We're now on to, I believe it's ball security, yes? Yes. All right. I'll be interested. I, my, this one's off the reservation for me a little bit. The, I, totally acceptable. I mean, this is a category where it doesn't matter all the other stuff. It's like, did you fumble or did you right. not? Right. So, <laughs> uh, to me, this one's a, this was a recall one. Like, who you can remember just never fumbled mm-hmm. because I don't have that raw data easy to search through. So, all right, let's do it. All right. So, one, two, three. Not Alexander years. Madison. Oh, so what's the scoop on Madison? All right. So uh, Najee, I believe. Two fumbles and 719 touches, both coming this year. He had none entering 2020. So 719 touches. Two fumbles. Yep. Okay. Uh, And the numbers that I had for Madison was two fumbles on 641 touches. Oh. So. Najee's got a little bigger workload to work with. So props to you for that. Uh, Go ahead. As a testament to both of these players, I did spend a fair amount of time, not necessarily because I had raw data, but I'm like, okay, player comes to mind, look up their fumble numbers. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. damn, these guys fumble four times a year. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's so for to see these guys only fumble twice in, you know, over six, basically over 650 carries each touches each. Is really impressive, man. Like even like Nick Chubb, I pulled up his numbers. I'm like, damn, dude, I don't remember these fumbles. Right. Jonathan Taylor had like 18 fumbles or something. Like yeah, that. that was one of the big knocks on Taylor right. coming out. It's like, well, I mean, first of all, yeah, dude's got a thousand touches in three years. Like, yeah, just law, slack, law of but... averages says that that ball's going to hit the ground a little bit. But yeah, yeah, I was just trying to think of like from a workload perspective, who was a guy who had a high workload who I knew very rarely, if it ever put the ball in the ground. I know Rodney Anderson had no fumbles at Oklahoma, but he only had like 250 touches or something like that. So for me, it was uh, like, mm, I want to go with a guy who has a couple years sample size of like significant workload. David Montgomery's in this conversation, uh, 624 rushes, 70 receptions. So that's almost 700 touches, uh, three fumbles, only okay. one a year. So never okay. more than one in any single season. Okay. So very, very good. good. I just happen to have his numbers up. Cause when um, you were talking about him, you, you want to kind of, maybe put them on your list then since you don't have them or you know what i'm not going to be pegged as a david montgomery <laughs> hater coming out of this podcast it's not that's not one of my objectives here all right well we got two more uh quick recap on what we have thus far uh vision was our top trait we both had nick chubb yep footwork was our second trait i had josh jacobs and you had jk dobbins okay contact balance was our third trait that's where i put david montgomery and you put J- uh josh jacobs on that spot Correct. Slash Aaron Jones. <laughs> Slash Aaron Jones. If we were going to 2017, which we're not, uh, durability is our next trait. We both had Jonathan Taylor. Yep. Explosiveness. I had Saquon Barkley. You had Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne. Versatility is our next trait. I had Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You had Saquon Barkley. Yep. Elusiveness. You had Michael Carter. Yeah. I had Daryl Henderson. Ball security. You had Najee Harris. I had Alexander Madison. We are now on to passing downs. Mm hmm. The interest to see what you got cooked up here. I like my answer. Is there any chance we have overlap? No, there's no chance. And it's not oh, for the okay. nugget. It's not for the nugget. Okay. okay. Well, let's, there's no reason to hide the nugget. The nugget was going into this. Kyle asked me one question. He said, 
how many 20, like this year players did you have? Yeah. 2021 prospects. Right. And so Kyle said none. And I'm like, yeah, I have more than one. And so I knew anytime that I had a 2021 prospect, it wasn't yep. going to be the same. So, yep. okay. But All this, right. that doesn't apply to this one, but it does apply for other reasons. Let's, um, let's dial it up. Passing okay. downs. One, two, three. Clyde Edwards. Antonio Gibson. Dude. Good answer. Good answer. I, I think obviously Clyde's a good answer as well. Um, the thing about Clyde, and you touched on this when you were talking about him for, where was it? Versatility. Uh, versatility. versatility. Yeah. It wasn't just that he was a productive pass catcher. It's that he ran real routes. You know, like, right. <laughs> it wasn't just like, all right, just go over here to the flats. If, you know, right. if there's run nothing flats and check downs and yeah. that's it. Yeah. No, like he ran legitimate routes. A lot of option <laughs> opportunities where he was isolated up. He ran routes from the slot out of the backfield. Uh, it was very consistent catching the football. Um, and I'm a little surprised he didn't acclimate quicker for the Chiefs this year, but I, I think everyone's expecting a big year too mm-hmm. uh, for him. But uh, I mean, that route running in hands, I mean, the guy has has both in waves. Uh, Antonio Gibson was a su- such a good receiver that he was actually a wide receiver, technically, <laughs> <laughs> at Memphis. Uh, Draft in the third round, 66 overall by the Washington football team in 2020. Uh, he had 38 receptions for 735 yards, an average of 19.3 yards per catch in 2019. Uh, he only had 77 touches for his career at Memphis. And of those 77, he had 44 receptions and 33 rushes. So, yeah, if you're looking for a guy with specialization skills and in, in catching the ball, and they moved him around, right? Like he did line up in the backfield, obviously, because he was getting carries there his final year, uh, his senior year in 2019. But he also ran a ton of routes from the slot. And I think that experience, uh, and then also his size, right? At six foot 228 is, is really enticing for a guy who's going to run a lot of routes into the middle of the field and in the flat, and you're going to challenge corners to come up and try and tackle you in one-on-one situations. And I, I like Antonio Gibson, in a lot of those situations Four three speed. Do you know that he is hand side is eight and five eighth inches makes no sense, brother. That is a tiny freaking hand. That, that might be the thing that prompts me to never reference another hand size ever again. <laughs> eight and five eighth. Bro. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, I have like nine and a quarter inch hands and I think I have small hands. I've got like, a half an inch on him or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's unreal. And this guy catches the ball. Um, could you imagine Antonio Gibson in the Bucks offense? No, we were very close though. We were like 15 picks away from it happening. Okay. <laughs> last one. Our last trait is discipline. Yep. All right. I'm interested. I'm fascinated to see what direction you went here. <laughs> I am fascinated for you as well. One, two, three. Trace Damian Harris. Oh, um, I think I go, oh, after every one of your answers, I'm sitting here making fun of myself. Uh, Trey Sermon, I love the, uh, watching him this past year at Ohio State. I think, I don't I, I probably told you, like, the first thing I, after watching several games of him, I'm like, this guy's just a pro. Like, just always makes the right choice with the football, knows where to be. Uh, has a great feel for like his peripherals and just staying on track. And it's like, he never tried to play outside of his skill set. And I just really appreciated that about him. Like, and it wasn't that it was, he, he just ran a, a ton of gap runs, like just straight ahead. Like, the, I mean, that Ohio state offense features a lot of inside zone. And I think that's exactly why mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan made him their pick 
to in the third round to the highest he's ever picked a running back, I think, uh, to to be that type of player for them. And so I just felt like he was just a very like consistent professional style running back that um stayed the course and never deviated unnecessarily. And I just think he's gonna be a consistent grinder in the NFL. Yeah, so Damian Harris uh, made his living at Alabama. He was the third uh, third round pick, 87th overall by the Patriots. I would not be surprised if um, he ends up being their their primary ball carrier yeah. this year. You yeah, know? he should be, yeah. Uh, but over the last three seasons there at Alabama, uh, he had less than 200 uh, touches from scrimmage, but over 1,000 yards from scrimmage in each of those three seasons. And 24 touchdowns over that stretch uh, for two of those three years in 16 and 17, he had seven yards per carry. Uh, he was always a guy though, that I thought was really reliable at hitting singles and doubles. Um, didn't have the athletic profile of a guy that was going to hit a lot of home runs uh, just because in the open field, I think he ran four, five, seven or something like that. Um, but he was a guy who knew where the play was designed to go. And I understand at Alabama, it's really easy to trust your offensive line to win the whole, yeah. right? Because it, they, they just move people. It's what they do. But I think, especially with the benefit of hindsight and seeing how that's working in New England, another offensive line that yeah. is really easy to trust. But it, there's not a lot of imagination there because there doesn't have to be. He said, it's designed to go here. It's going to win here. I'm going to hit it here. And when it didn't, all he did, the vast majority of the time was just bend back into an adjacent gap and kind of fold back. Okay. You know, I'm pressed to the hole. I'm going to trust that it's going to be all there. he did. Right. That's all he did, <laughs> which is all you would ever ask any right. guy to ever do is just right. hit it. And if it's not there, just bend back adjacent hole and, and get North and South, you know, there, mm-hmm. there, how many, how many times were there were Damien Harris is doubling back across himself, like Marlon Mack at UC or USF, right? Like mm-hmm. Mack at South Florida, everything was like, okay, it's going to hit B gap. Nope. I'm going way outside of the yeah. sideline or no, yeah. I'm going to come back all the way the other way. Yeah. <laughs> he's wild. Ball. Yeah. So that was the big evolution for Marlon Mack as a prospect, but like that was the big knock on him coming out was like, dude, sometimes it's okay to just hit a single or a double. And whenever I thought of like most reliable, he's going to stick his nose in the pile. And he's going to get five yards. Damien Harris was the first name that came to mind. Man. I like that Patriots backfield. Damian Harris, James White, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Sony Michelle. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Michelle's off the roster. Why would you keep him? Especially if there's like cap savings. You still have Brandon Bolden and JJ Taylor. Right. So Perfect Michelle, for what they want to do, man. Michelle had his fifth year option decline. Um, if they were to find a situation to move on they could save 1.3 million any I'm dead sorry, cap? They, they, they could save 1.8 million and take on 1.3 million in debt mm. cap it's not that great do you think yeah, it's do you think things are going to get weird tomorrow with it or now that we're on june 1st deadline do you think we're going to see like this massive influx and moves and stuff well um possibly i know that we're between that and us being beyond the period where players you pick up affect your compensatory pick yeah. formula. That, like you that would, passed, I think two or three weeks. Yeah. Ago. Like we have enough landmarks cleared for there to be some, some action and dude, like if anyone's been keeping up at the draft a lot of the writers there have been doing, you know, three best fits for this player. And I'm like, 
damn, there's a lot of good players that mm-hmm. some people are going to pick up at this point in the process, and they're going to help their team. A lot of good defensive linemen, obviously Richard Sherman, Steve Nelson. Um, Don't forget Le'Veon Bell. I Yeah, you know, I do forget about Le'Veon Bell because <laughs> – the guy's not. The- <laughs> I had to bring him up because we're doing running backs, but his comments last week just made me smile because he was like, no more rush decisions. I'm going to sign all my terms. Like, dude, you literally mm. sat out a year of football so that you could get a chance to pick what team you wanted. I didn't see for. this, but he doesn't have, a, he doesn't have <laughs> options. That's the thing about Lave Bell. Mm. There's just no, nobody. There's just, there's, what's the appeal. He's there's nothing scary about playing Le'Veon Bell and in, in where he is at this point in his career. So Let's see if I can find the um, Le'Veon Bell says he will sign with a team when the time is right. And his decline in production uh, is on account of the Jets play calling uh, 2020 will be the year y'all reminded I'll sign somewhere when I'm ready. No more finessing me with lies and shit just to get me to sign with their team. No more rush decisions on my end, period. Dude, people care about Lave Bell. Like I, people, I'm sure you get this, right? People know what we do for a living. Mm-hmm. And so where I used to live, I was out like walking, taking a walk with my daughter. And um, somebody come, came up to me like, hey, man, what do you, like it was after the Jets had cut Le'Veon Bell. And I'm like, what do you think is going to happen with Lave Bell? Where's he going to go? And like, this is not like a, like a Jets fan. Or he's like Panthers fan or something like that. Just like super interested in that. I'm like, I don't think it really matters. Like, I don't think he's going to make a difference for the team he's going to. And he didn't, you know what I mean? Like it's the power of fantasy football, man. Oh, it's you're not kidding. That's exactly what it is. That's why I got asked that question. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I mean, he's, he's got, he's got a thousand yards over his last three seasons or the last three years of NFL play missed, missed a season contract dispute. 3.2 yards per carry with Adam Gase. Big surprise. That didn't work out. Anybody Mm -hmm. could have told you, told you that was coming. And then 328 yards last year between the Jets and the Chiefs. We cannot ignore that so much of that production in Pittsburgh came in an offense where obviously I think fit him very, very well in terms of how they threw the football. But for a while there, Pittsburgh had the best offensive line in the game and it was well coached. And that style of of patience that Lev Bell likes to use Mm -hmm. fit well there. Like that was my biggest concern about him being with the Jets, I'm like, this This offensive line is not anything right. like what he had at Pittsburgh. And do you remember, were you at the press conference? It was uh, Jonathan Taylor's combine availability, and uh, we're, he's, he was super cool. And so he's somebody asked him about you know vision, and he goes, man, he goes, I think everybody has vision. I think it's an overrated trait. He says, the reason people think I have good vision is because I played behind the same offensive line, and I know how they're going to attack their blocks. I right. know what's going to happen. Yeah, he, and, he talked about based on the – like interior defensive line alignments, he understand how his interior offensive line was going to attack that block. And he had anticipation for knowing, okay, if he's shaded in a two, he's going to block him this way. Mm-hmm. So I got to get a little bit more outside of it. If he's shaded in a three technique, you know, he, you know, they may combo block that. So I can take that a little bit more downhill and get right behind it. So using those as examples and like, yes, I remember that now that you mentioned that I remember that. And that was a really enlightening kind of talking about landmarks and pre-snap reads mm-hmm. at the running back position. And like, it was really refreshing to hear somebody talk about yeah. that kind of stuff. So back to live bell. <laughs> okay. Good luck in New York, man. You know, with, without that familiarity that you had from that same really good offensive line in front of you. 
right? You're going to take the, the league's most, and I say this in a complimentary way, like did anybody take longer getting through the line of scrimmage than Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh? No, because sure it's not. like, no, I'm, I'm a waited out, waited out, waited mm-hmm. out. I'm going to be super patient. Okay. Now you're going to be super patient beyond an offensive line. that can't block anybody. <laughs> Good luck, bud. How's that going to go? With Adam Gase calling the plays, man. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> So just the final thought there, even the year before he sat out in 2017, when he was an all pro, you know what his yards per carry was that year? <laughs> I don't tell me what it was Four. Oh, okay. So he has not had better than four yards per carry since 2016. He's done, man. <laughs> Per, per year, it was 3.5, 4.7, 4.9, 4.9, 4.0 when he had 321 rushes on the season and led the league. Then he missed a year, and then it was 3.2, and then this past year was 4.0. Okay, so since we're doing a live bell conversation, is there a yeah. destination that you feel he could go to and, no. and really help a team? No. Atlanta. What's he do better than Mike Davis right now? Nothing, but I mean, just to be their number two. Okay. I mean, that's where we're at with Lev Bell. Nobody's signing him right now to give him 300 touches. But that's what Lev Bell thinks he's going oh, to get, well, which makes me think like, okay, Lev, like you're going to sign another one-year deal for you're going to do go on the Lenny Fournette uh, program? <laughs> How about the like, Shady McCoy plan? That That's the plan right, you want to be at. Right, right. You sign somewhere, you're inactive, but you he's got, this, I mean, two-time Super Bowl champion, Shady McCoy. <laughs> Wherever he signs, stay tuned, folks. Or win the Super Bowl. He's living his best life for sure. Yeah. For sure. That's listen. We before we do it in another show entirely, we gotta <laughs> go ahead and wrap this up. And we would too. We would definitely go that right. Route. So right. Uh, we're gonna put a bow on it here. Kyle Krabs, Joe Mario. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. Hope you guys enjoy your day. Hit subscribe. Follow along. We got a great week of program ahead of us. You're not gonna want to miss it. Thanks for listening to Draft Dudes podcast. Hope to see you again tomorrow.